Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Game of Thrones podcast. I am your host, Carmine of Red Team Review, and I'm joined here once again by the man that made the Kessel Run in less than 11 parsecs, Preston Jacobs. Preston? Actually, it was 13 parsecs. You know, you gotta, you gotta get those things right. <laughs> you son of a bitch. So... <laughs> so Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast, and today we'll be discussing the premiere episode of Season 7 of Thrones. As always, we're available on SoundCloud and iTunes, and keep in mind that there will be no after show this time around. Episode 5 will be on my channel next week, so be sure to tune into that. And be sure to follow either myself or Preston on Twitter and Facebook for all future updates. So, Preston, let's get right into it. Um, give mm. me your general opinion. Give me, like, a, maybe a rating from 1 to 5 or 1 to 10. Oh, on, on episode one? Yeah, on the premiere episode. Um, I don't know. I mean, I give it a five. I give it, you know, right there, just average. As a pre- That's the thing is I'm judging it against other premieres. And other premieres have been, have, been pretty, have been pretty bad. This one, not much happens. but Not much happens. Arya destroys an entire house. Uh, I mean, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody is saying that, like, not much happens. I don't know. Arya destroys a bunch of houses. The Brotherhood Without Banners is moving towards the north. Uh, Cersei makes an alliance with the Greyjoys. Danny lands on Westeros. I don't know. I, safe to say a I lot mean, of things happen. I, I mean, those are the things, and that and that's, I mean, there were some good scenes. Like, I, I am one of the few people that really liked the Euron scene. Like, I thought mm-hmm. Euron was great. I thought he was really compelling and interesting. Um... You know, maybe he was he was a bit anachronistic, uh, but um, I thought I loved that scene. I thought it was really interesting to watch. Someone um, said he actually dressed like uh, he came out of a My Chemical Romance concert. Yeah, which... yeah. a lot of been saying that he's he's uh, he's Euron of House Hot Topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't like his costume choices, but can we both agree that the the way the ending the ending came about, how there were no words, you know. That was actually pretty well done. I'm glad there were no words. I did like Danny in that part, probably because she didn't say anything, but <laughs> I, I felt I mean, it was done nicely. Sure, it doesn't make much sense, but yeah, I mean, they want some gravitas to the scene, so they're gonna they're gonna do that. Fine. I mean, I mean, if they really, if Cersei really wanted to uh, end this right now, she would have sent someone to Dragonstone to hide behind the gates, and as soon as Danny opens the gates, the fucking guy shoots her with a crossbow. Like, if if Cersei really wanted to be smart, she would have done something like that. But why didn't why didn't it make much sense to you? Well, I mean, you don't you don't send your queen first, and why why would you? Why would you be silent going up? You'd say, "Oh, watch Maybe out for that door." Maybe they sent scouts ahead of time. Then, then reclosed all of the doors. So silly. <laughs> no, I mean, no one, no one would ever do. I mean, nothing about it makes sense. Like, why would Stannis not leave a token force? Why wouldn't Cersei send a token force over to take the castle? Mm-hmm. Why didn't the Greyjoy? Why didn't Euron take it? Considering he has to pass Dragonstone on the way to see Cersei and on the way to leave Cersei. I mean. It, it getting beyond that, yeah, of course. You know, it's a beautiful like the scene is is great looking. It's a beautiful castle. They walk up it with majestic music. It's it's you know in, in silence. Like it's it's a very beautiful scene. It's just the scene doesn't make any sense. But you're the most great. But the most like I really want like like an ice and fire thing to happen. Like a surprise. Like a red wedding. Mm-hmm. Like wouldn't it be insane? Like. She opens the door and then like some Stannis soldier like shoots her with a crossbow 
and you'd ah. be like, oh, fuck. But like, would you agree with me that uh, like that scene was great because there were no words? Because a lot of the times Thrones really shines when there are no words being said. Yeah, I mean, in, in a cinematic sense, it was it, mm-hmm. it was very it was very beautiful and powerful. Um, but the thing the thing about you know what I'm missing and what I've been missing for so long um, is is you know some shocker, something to shock me. Something, um, something that that basically says that you know, this isn't predictable Hollywood garbage, right? Um, and that's I what agree. I'm saying. Like, you know, if if Arya or Daenerys or John or Cersei or Jaime randomly dies this season, I will be, I would be so impressed. I'd be like, oh my god, you guys, you know, D and D, like you guys. You guys know, you guys know how to push my buttons, but it's, it's not going to happen. Well, we're going backwards, uh, starting with Danny. I just want to get her out of the way. I will say, though, yeah. uh, someone brought this up to me. This is the easiest million dollars Peter Dinklage has ever made. Oh, God. Like, okay, your job is to go to this beautiful island and then walk up some stairs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also Davos had a really easy paycheck. I mean, he's not getting Dinklage money. He's not getting the money of the Dink. <laughs> But, you know, he said no words. He just sat there in those scenes. I, I, I don't know. Some people, some people were annoyed that Tyrion didn't get to say anything or that Davos didn't get to say anything. I don't know. I feel like they don't need to... Nothing needs to be said from certain characters. The fact that they're there, I'm happy. I'm happy that they're there and not forgotten like certain other characters. But, okay, so the Danny scene, your final thoughts? Um, I mean, I guess there's not much to say about it. It's, there wasn't. Uh, I mean, it, it'll, be, it'll be very interesting and to deal with why they aren't immediately attacking King's Landing. Right. Um, and, and so we'll see. I mean, the, I think what they're going to say is um, that Casterly Rock is a riper fruit or something. They'll be like, well, there's still forces there, but they've left Casterly Rock like unguarded. So let's take that. Like, I think that's going to be their excuse. On why they're not going to take King's Landing. I mean, it seems like you could just take it now. Like, you know, you got three dragons, a massive army, all these ships. What I think she wants to do is, I think she wants to show mercy first. Show that she's not an invader who's just going to go out of, out of nowhere and attack everybody at once. What she probably wants to do is she probably wants to make a declaration, you know, swear fealty now. My family has been, you know, in charge for hundreds of years. Uh, and... I'm here. I have dragons. Just let's make this all easy. Bend the knee. You can go back to your own places. I'll let I'll let you live. Otherwise, there'll be bloodshed. That's probably why she didn't attack King's Landing first. Hmm. hmm. A mercy argument. I hadn't I hadn't considered that. Uh, I suppose that's a possibility. In your own review, I think this was your review. I hope it was, because you're the only your review is the only one I watched. Um, <laughs> you said something along the lines of uh, in your episode two preview. I think you said something along the lines that Cersei wants to use Danny as being the invader as a as a cause. Yes, yes, exactly. So I I think Danny is trying to be one step ahead of that. She doesn't want to attack King's Landing already and seem like the villain, just like she kind of did in Marine. Not really, kind of maybe. Mm. Oh, you know, you know what's kind of weird mm-hmm. is. Um, because the, in this plot, in this in the show, they've they've had Stannis abandon Dragonstone. That means all the ravens should be dead. Like the ravens would have all starved to death. 
You're so, fucking dark, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Don't you think they would have right? released all the Ravens? Fun. Maybe, well, maybe they're, maybe they were, you know, there was some mercy and they released other, or they took all the Ravens with them. Mm-hmm. That, that would have been smart as well, actually. Just take You're all the Ravens dark. with you. The reason I don't think Stannis left a token force is because he probably needed everybody he could muster. I mean, I suppose. It's just 10 people, 20 people. And and I also think the reason why Euron didn't take Dragonstone or Cersei didn't take Dragonstone, I I, I know it sounds like I'm making arguments for the show, but I, I don't want it to suck. Like, you don't want the show, you don't want one of your favorite shows to blow dick, despite the fact that the writing sucks sometimes. I, I want to make the argument that Euron probably sent a scouting force to see if there's anything of value there. There wasn't. What's the point in taking it? Even if, it's, if, even if it is a strategic point, what's the point? Um, it's a massive Cersei. fortress. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like Harrenhal. You're gonna fucking spend all that money to man this giant place. You're gonna go bankrupt. What's the point in sending you know valuable troops right now, especially at this point in time, to this random castle just to hold it for whatever reason? I don't know. You just bestow it on on one of your uh, on one of your you know guys you like. You say, hey, you're Lord of Dragonstone now. I'm sure. <laughs> you know, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like. Heron Salty Boot or whoever is like, you know, following around Euron would be like, cool, you know. Um, I actually thought they would have done. What I heard rumors that uh, Conor McGregor, I think it is, that you know the boxer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I not the boxer, the MMA fighter. I'm gonna get skewered for that. Um, <laughs> I heard rumors that he's gonna make a cameo this season. I would have thought that maybe Euron takes over Dragonstone and gives it to McGregor. I mean, why not? Why I not? Mean, more cameos from an MMA fighter. I mean, that's just that's right up in the same alley as like the Ed, the Ed, you know, Sheeran uh, cameo. Let's go into that. Um, the oh, Ed yeah. Sheeran thing. Did you have an issue with it? I didn't. I di- well, the thing is, I didn't because I didn't know who the fuck he was. So <laughs> when which which apparently it's funny because because. My wife doesn't watch the show, but she she read the article about, um, you know, Ed Sheeran, like, appearing. Am I saying mm-hmm. his name right? Is it Sheeran? Sheeran, Sheeran. Sheeran. First time I read it, I was like, his name is Shireen? Ed Sheeran? We're not young <laughs> enough to give a shit, so whatever. Say it however you want. Anyway, I didn't know who he was. And, and, and Cindy, like, said, like, what did you think of that scene? I was like, what? And she was the one that pointed it out to me. And then, and then she's like, that's so funny that you didn't recognize him because there's a scene in Bridget Jones's Diary Part 3 where, well, it, the, the last Bridget Jones movie, um, her and her friend like go to a bar and they go up to Ed Shireen and they, and they say, oh, can we get a picture? And he thinks that like they mean they want a picture with him and she and he's trying to selfie with them. And they're, and they're like, what are you doing? No, we want a picture of us, like take a picture of us. And he's like, oh, and like they didn't realize who he was. And so, well, we've had musicians before, though. So Ed Sheeran being being here shouldn't make much of a difference, but everybody hated it for some reason. Did you get that in your comment section too? Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, a few people, but I, yeah, I didn't think anything was wrong with it. He did, he didn't he, he when I watched it when I didn't know who he was, it didn't take me out of it. But I could imagine that if you did know who he was, it would it would take you out of it quite a bit. Um, so I mean, he mm. acted the, the scene fine. He sang his song. You know, it was. 
He had like it, two lines that wasn't yeah. the song. The problem was is he's famous. And so I so it's hard. Like if 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 somebody else knows exactly who he is, then I, it'll ruin the scene for him. My friend my friend uh who watches the show and never read the books, he he sums it up perfectly. He says he didn't like the Ed Sheeran, uh, Sheeran, whatever cameo because the reason he loves the show so much is because Ned, Ned Sheeran. I'm not calling him. <laughs> the reason he, he the reason <laughs> some motherfucker. The reason he uh, he didn't like the cameo was because yeah, you're right. The guy's famous. The reason he likes the show is because a lot of the actors are virtual unknowns. Like Danny, mm. Danny's actress did like a shitty movie of like a museum one time and Kit Harrington was in stage plays or whatever. Uh, the guy Sean that, Bean is dead, yeah. Sean, Sean, the only like really big actors were what? Sean Bean, Lena Headey, and of course HBO has their regulars like uh, Peter Baelish, the chick, yeah. uh, Laria, Mance Raider. But a lot of the, the, the actors on the show are virtual unknowns, so it's easier to immerse yourself in it, and then you watch an episode, oh, it's that one guy who has a million Twitter followers and everybody knows who he is. It kind of takes right. you out of the episode. Absolutely. I mean, it's like when you see a, a movie with Jack Nicholson or Will Smith. You, can, you never remember what their names are, what the characters' names are. You're just like, oh, right, and then... You know, Will Smith did this and this and this. So that's my problem with George Clooney in every movie because he he it's George Clooney is not an even though George Clooney is quote unquote an actor he he's just George Clooney in every movie he ever does ever. Right, like I'm I'm sure somebody out there knows that, like the name of of Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Inception, but I can't remember it. I just know it was Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, um, fuck, what was his name? God damn it! Right? No, I mean, you don't. You, why would you know that? Why well, would you know wait, that? What was his name in uh, in Titanic? Um. Oh fuck! God damn it, Preston! Rose, Rose, and Rose and Jack. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Only because it's like the most basic name ever. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, like the Arya thing, the Arya. So now that we're on Arya, the cameo didn't okay. bother me. A lot of people they actually bullied Ed off of Twitter for like a couple of hours, which I kind of feel bad. But I mean, if you really want to argue it, Ed did take away that 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 position from another random extra who could have had the job. And the only the only reason he was there is because they found out that Maisie Williams really likes Ed Sheeran. Sheeran. Net Ned Sheeran. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Like, we've had musicians before, but please let's have unknown musicians so we can't go, oh, hey, it's that guy. Yeah, so, yeah. But you did not like Arya killing off House Frey. Why not? Um. Well, okay. No, I'm fine with... It's not that it's not that I have a problem with her killing off House Frey, or or I mean, granted, her killing off House Frey doesn't make logistic sense. I went into this in my video, like, is she pretending to be Walder Frey for two weeks, like sleeping with her wife, you know, like, yeah. But ignoring all of that, let, let's talk about it thematically. So this is this is my big problem is the show tries to have it both ways. It tries to have us relate. To these characters and then it tries them ha to have them do these massively cruel things mm -hmm. and i can't like i can't as a human being relate to a character when they're feeding innocent people to dragons or when they're like mass murdering like a hundred people and like baking people into pies well the like, phrase are assholes we all hate the phrase so it's okay but that's the that's the thing is like then you reduce aria to 
like James Bond level of like, I'm only supposed to analyze her as much as I analyze James Bond. Like James Bond is the, is the good guy and he kills bad guys and killing bad guys is okay. But the point of ice and fire and the whole story is like this anti-war narrative and, you know, about the dangers of, of revenge and war and the cycle of violence. And so when you have this character, like, you know, am I supposed to feel for Arya in any way at this point? Like, how am I supposed to ever sympathize with her? And so when during the next scene where she's talking to those Lannister soldiers and she doesn't kill them, I'm like, I don't understand why she wouldn't. She's a sociopath. Like, she's, you know, she's psych, she's psychotic. Like, I have no idea what's going on in her head anymore. But I think the showrunners want us to somehow sympathize. Like, oh, she's had a rough time, and she's lost know, her she's, innocence. She's lost. Her. Well, then, then, then I, if she's lost her innocence, then I can no longer like feel bad for her, and like, you know, like she's gone. She's nuts. Exactly. Maybe that's their plan. She's lost her innocence, but you can't feel bad for her because of it. Completely fine. She just, she's a sociopath. She killed all these people. Maybe they're setting up for her to die. I mean, what? If they were really setting it up, she should have killed those guys. Like, as, you know, what would have been a more powerful scene? What would have been, like, a great, powerful scene um, would have been they tell the story about how they miss home and everything, and then they go, okay, good night, and they all go to sleep, and then she pulls out her dagger and slits all of their throats. Like, that would have been, like, whoa. I I guess she is. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like she's dark. Yeah, that would have been that that would have like made her character. But but once again, I, I also go into this. I went to this in my Q and A. Like a lot of people got on Sansa's case this episode, but not Arya. Even though they kind of like you know, it's favoritism. People want Arya to still be the good guy, kinda. Even though they're they're getting their revenge in insane ways. They want her to be cute, charming Maisie Williams, but mm-hmm. like she's. And they keep doing this. They keep going back and forth. They're like, okay, she is going to stab a guy's eye out and be covered in blood. And then, then later, she's gonna feel she's gonna feel bad for this like this actress and be really touched by her portrayal of Cersei. And then she's gonna, you know, murder somebody and skin their face off of their skull, and and like put it on a stone thing and then head to the Riverlands and chop up people and put them into pies and feed them to like their father and then mass poison 50 people and then like feel bad for some like guys who like miss their dads. Well, once you put it that way, I mean, (laughs) Jesus Christ, it's just all over the map. I I mean, I just don't even know. I don't even know what to feel anymore uh, about Arya. Like, People like her because because they, they think she's a badass, like like James, like and it, and it's about as logical as James Bond, you know, like he you know he'll he'll chuck somebody into a wood chipper and then be like, oh, he had a lot of guts, and then the next moment he's like having sex with a woman, and you're like, what what human being could possibly do that, you know? But someone who <laughs> someone ha- who someone who's probably been uh, trained like she has to be emotionally detached. Well, if she's emotionally detached, then I can't relate to her because I'm a human being that has emotions. So they, they, you're right, though. They really, if they were going to make her this character, you're exactly right. They really should have had the, her kill those soldiers. Yeah. So, so 
your your issue with the whole uh, her poisoning all of them scene. The I, I I will I will make the argument. The reason that she probably didn't kill all those soldiers is maybe because she couldn't take them all in daylight. She's still a little girl, so she has to re, she has to kind of use like clever sneaky tactics of you know poisoning people and stabbing them in the back or waiting till nighttime to kill them. It's probably why she didn't kill them in the, the daytime. However. Mm. That's the last time we see Arya, right? In episode one, that she's just sitting down eating with those kids. I mean, maybe they'll surprise me, and episode two will begin. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. And, she, at, and yeah. she she gets on her horse, and like they're all skinned or something. Yeah, they're all but dead and shit. Oh. All, but I I know. I mean, I don't think the show is going to do that. I I think, you know, if they were going for that shock, they would have they would have done it last episode. Yeah, maybe they're saving some of their shit for uh, episode two. <sighs> We'll see. We'll see. Prove but you, me but wrong. You didn't prove like, me wrong, uh, Game of Thrones. Prove me wrong. Prove him wrong. But you didn't like that she uh, she poisoned all those guys. You, you found that unrealistic. No, completely. Because there's no way you, you're going to get you're, there's no way you're going to get everybody to come back two weeks later in the same room, and and be there. You'd you'd miss a few. Hmm. Somebody's going to blow it off. Somebody's going to be like, oh man, I was just there like a week ago. Or somebody else is gonna be like, "Oh, I'm sick," like you know. I, I I said this in my in my in my review. Like this is the Middle Ages. People are bedridden all the time. Like no, not a single one of them is gonna be like, "Oh, I've got I've got the pox." You know? You're such you're such a troll. I think you're putting a little too much thought into it. <laughs> uh. But I will I will say this. I, I'm glad we got Walder Frey out of the way because he would have been like if he hadn't died. If the phrase hadn't been like removed, they would have been like a, a a sore thumb sticking out because there are still a lot of lingering questions. You know, like um, uh, where's Edmure Tully? Why didn't Arya hmm. free him? Yeah, no one knows. I mean, she should have. I mean, we don't know if Edmure is at the Twins or River Run or whatever, but he, uh, you know, she could have easily gone down there, and you know, or maybe maybe she's on her way there now. We don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> I doubt it. All right, let's talk about um, let's talk about the one thing everybody's been 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 talking about. It's uh, Sansa and Jon's tense relationship. Mm, I mean, yeah. Kit Harrington made it sound like she'd be really fucking annoying. She wasn't. She made really good points, but she was very hypocritical. I mean, she wants to punish those uh, uh, Alice Karstark, who I'm really glad they actually brought over from the books. That's that's a book character. I'm not mistaken there, am I? Yes, she is. She's the uh, the the girl on the gray horse. Yeah, and she's the one that ends up at the wall in the fifth book. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mar- so, Marys Marys the Fen. Exactly. That's what they should have done. But I'll get that and that I'll get mm. that in a minute. So Sansa wants to punish the houses that are are left, the Karstarks and the Umbers. But she's being incredibly hypocritical. Or maybe this is the showrunners and the writers forgetting what happened in season one when Cersei and the other small council members were getting on her case for being the daughter of a traitor. Mm. So what the fuck, Sansa? But at the same time, I get it. We We do need to reward our allies. So the best way to reward it is to take these remaining lord and lady and marry them off into into one of the the groups that came to help us, stick to the books and have one of the wildlings marry Alice Karstark, maybe Tormund. I I mean, Sansa was in was in the right um, in her scene, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, they they put inspirational music behind John and everything, and showed the showed the doe eyed 
children, you know, like, <laughs> um, but in reality, no, Sansa was completely, completely in the right. Um, the Vale army has no reason to be in the north, like, and a way to keep them in the north is to give them some northern castles. Um, and then, then they have to freaking defend them. I mean, Carhold and, and Last Hearth are going to be the first, are going to be the first ones to be, uh, to be taken by the others. Why not give them to some, to the Vale armies and have them, then you have like a reason for them to be like on the front. Instead, you give them to freaking Ned Umber and Alice Karstark who have an army of 12. I mean, they're going to get, they're going to get mowed right over. Exactly. And not only that, though, but I don't know. I, I agree with what John. We need more bodies. We need we need to band together. But at the same time, though, you do got to keep your allies happy. So it's it's kind of like it's a really it's a. I like that they did this because it keeps the audience talking. It keeps the audience engaging. There are a lot of people siding against Sansa. There are a lot of people for Sansa. Um, I don't know. Sansa's right, but John's also correct. John's looking ahead. Sansa's thinking about the present. So what do we do? We do we look ahead, or do we think of, or do we live in the now? Right, but John also should have taken some hostages. You know, it's a lot of things he he failed to do. But uh, it's also kind of weird that he's sitting there and and defending um, successive rule when he went and usurped Sansa. So it's 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 a little weird. But did he usurp Sansa though? I mean, technically yes, but they they did kind of. They got they they did the thing that you finally wanted de- democracy. They did elect John in that one scene last season as King of the North, despite the fact that he's a bastard. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's also kind of weird that that had Sansa been chosen to be uh, Queen of the North, Bran would have arrived two episodes later and then been like, actually. Actually, I'm king. <laughs> but so, you know, I guess John just kind of removes that whole situation too. <laughs> That's going to be an interesting thing because we got Bran back now. We have that one scene with Bran. We yeah. had to have have uh, he's back, of course. We all knew he'd be coming to Castle Black. Um, what do you think will happen when Bran shows up? I mean, Bran's probably going to show up when John's not there. Yes, definitely. Um, I think he's going to arrive and uh, he's going to sit by that tree and and um be brooding for a while i mean they'll have some sort of like reunion scene with him and sansa mm-hmm. um who he never did, had any screen time with as well except for the lineup the exactly lineup oh the lineup doesn't count yeah okay the um yeah i mean that's yeah you're right it's it's kind of it's going to be um I don't know what he's going to say. I mean, we never had a scene in which... Did we have a scene, actually, where John says, Hey, you know Bran's alive? No, we didn't. I don't think so. Wait, did we? I don't remember. Holy shit. Did he tell her he's alive? I think he did. Right, and did Sansa have a scene where she said, Hey, John, Arya's alive. Does Sansa even know Arya's alive? Bran told her. That's we right. had a scene. We had a scene where Brienne told Sansa that Arya was alive, and we have a scene where John, where John mentions that that Sam told him that Bran was alive. I keep thinking back in the books because the books they don't know each other's alive right. and all that shit. Right. But it's, yeah. Fuck. The show really does a shitty job of having people actually converse like normal person, like normal no, people. No. So, so they have these like weird, awkward pause, these awkward situations where everyone's sitting around not speaking. 
Um, or, or or washing dead bodies. Um, yeah. And sweeping. <laughs> <laughs> cleaning cleaning uh, cleaning bedpans. Fuck that montage. Holy shit, I was eating during that. Fuck that. Oh, God. Shame on me, though, for thinking Game of Thrones wouldn't do something like that. Motherfuckers. Um, so, the one thing <laughs> that really driver. does... Exactly. The one thing that really does bug me is the way Sansa's treating Baelish. I mean, you should... I'm not, I'm not saying Sansa should give him a titty or two, but I'm saying treat him with respect. Holy fuck. Yeah, he may be a creep, but the reason he's there is because you called him to be there, and he did kind of just, you know, save... Your entire people and you from being brutally raped and probably killed later on after you I mean, a child. I mean, in all honesty, I mean, Littlefinger could probably convince the Vale armies to just take over. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I don't know what Bronzeon Royce... Bronzeon, Bronzeon Royce doesn't seem very happy with the leadership in the North, so he could just say, you know what? Fuck you all. You're, you're under Sweet Robin now. And... And if you're under Sweet Robin, that means you're really under me. So you know what I realized? There was a there was a specific scene in which I think I believe it was in either season five or season yeah season five, where Baelish does have a meeting with San, uh, with uh, Cersei. So if Baelish wanted, he could fucking take over right now, go to Cersei and say, "Hey, it was the plan all along to bring it to you. You have oh, the yeah. North now." He could totally pull that off. It's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, she she would want Sansa's head. But, I mean, Baelish could, Baelish could just do that right now and then rejoin the kingdom and, and rule, you know. I don't think he'd be happy with just, I mean, he wants to be, he apparently wants the Iron Throne, so. You That's know, he, so uh, dumb. I hate that they did that to him. I know, right. Um, but, uh, I mean, he would at least have the Riverlands, the Vale, and the North. <laughs> Would he have the Riverlands, though? Because they made him Lord He's, of Harrenhal, but then... Mm. That's subject to Cersei's approval, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no one's been in Harrenhal, and... <laughs> who knows who's living there now? Probably rats. Um, okay, so the, the, John, the John and Sansa stuff, what do you think, overall? Good? Bad? I mean, if it, it, it leads kept you somewhere, talking. It kept everybody talking. It kept everyone talking, It, but... I wonder if it's going to lead anywhere. Like, it, they're building... They built up all of this tension between Sansa and John, And I kind of feel like once Bran arrives, that tension has to release. Like, once Bran arrives and goes, no, guys, really. Like, we got to stop the Night's King. How can Sansa even say anything? How can Sansa even say, like, actually, I should be queen when really Bran should be king? You know, it's uh. But Bran will probably release it to John, though. He's seen. Oh, he's seen what John did. Totally, totally. He he will release it to John, but he removes Sansa's argument. You know, for for wanting to rule. I mean, yes, Sansa is the widow and has the army, but but uh, you know, and and if they were feminist, she would she would be the the queen. But you know, under traditional succession, you know, Bran is the the rightful the rightful monarch so wouldn't it be better like a couple a couple podcast episodes ago i told you my idea of whether or not uh sansa should be the main character of the north wouldn't it be like much better and more interesting if john just stayed dead in season six and sansa was the one making all these decisions sansa would be the one treating with danny in the next episode 
oh, everything would be massively more interesting if, if Bran were dead. I mean, not, not Bran, John were dead. Mm-hmm. Everything would be, I mean, he's so boring. Like, like, of course the show would be better if John were dead. Like, the show would also be better if Danny were dead. Like, oh, if those... Oh, shit. I was watching, um, actually, I was watching this uh, Q&A this morning, um, and uh, someone asked, uh, the Game of Thrones Academy guy, someone asked them, who's your least favorite character? One of the guys said John. Everybody hates on John. I feel so bad for him, but you're right, though. He is, uh, what was that thing you said a while ago, the bathroom symbol? Oh, right, yeah, he's just, the, he's a bathroom symbol. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, people, everyone can relate to him because he's so, he's so boring. You know? Speaking of boring, let's talk about the hound scenes with Barak and Thoros. Now, before we, we recorded, I mm. was talking to you about Barak and Thoros. Now, there's a compilation scene out there. There's some guy that does it where he gra- grabs every single scene. If, if there's a scene of John, he grabs all the John scenes and put, puts them together into like yeah. two or three hours, whatever. I'm sure that he's done one of Barak and Thoros. Barak and Thoros barely speak to each other. I don't know about you, but... I think they're interesting characters, but alone, without the Hound, they're very boring. And they barely speak to each other, if you've ever noticed that. Yeah, I mean, it's true, but at the same time, like, there is something interesting about the Thoros actor. This kind of, you know, his drunkenness is entertaining. His 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 stupid, weird, shit-eating grin that he always has is kind of interesting. And there is something kind of solemn and creepy about Beric. And so I do like I do like how they're portraying their characters. I just wish they gave them something more interesting to do. Exactly. Like like I was telling you, I don't, if the hound wasn't there, I, I don't feel like those two could hold screen time well. No, they're and they're they're great foil to the hound. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I think it's I think it's a great you know dynamic. It is. It's a great pair up. It's just a shame we didn't get it last season. Like last season, the way the hound was reintroduced. I wasn't a big fan of it because it, it, mm. they put him on fire in one episode where he, he got like just really pissed. They put him on fire. They saw him. We saw him grabbing an axe. Episode ended. I'm like, oh yeah, right. when it, he's when gonna it, go when crazy. He, when he freaking killed the 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 butthole guys, the guys <laughs> that were shoving their fingers in each other's buttholes. Those the ones. butthole gang. I mean, the fact that, like the fact that that fucking happened in Game of Thrones. Yeah, the butthole gang. He slaughtered the butthole gang. <laughs> He slaughters, he slaughters the just... butthole gang, and then he comes out and he's like, uh, oh, it's you guys. Hey, what's up? Oh, let's team up? Great. Like, oh, come on, man. Let Have him fight somebody again. Like, fuck. Yeah. I, I, I hate that that happened, but I'm glad that he's back because I do like the whole dynamic between Thoros and Beric. But I will say, the one thing I really didn't like was that it went on a little too long. Mm. He's already buried his past. I mean, you could have skipped a step, I realize. Like... <clears throat> Rather than having him be raised and and recouped by by the guy from Deadwood, and then go on his bender, they could have just had the Brotherhood without banners rescue him, and then he would have been with them. Like that would have hmm. been just as good. You could have skipped that step. That's true. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> good fucking point. You're right. <laughs> I mean, wait. Mm. And then he would have had. Then he would have had this like reluctant, like grudging, like reason to like loyalty to them, even though like he a like, like a life them. debt or something. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> the fucking Chewbacca life debt. Oh shit! You're you're not you're you're not wrong. You're right here. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if he does meet up with Ari again, she'll be like, "Why are you with them? I owe them." Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, that's, that, that's actually pretty good. Not bad. Good shit, man. Good shit. <sighs> You're right. They should have. They would have saved a lot of money on the extras and and casting Ian McShane. Right. They just and did they, that. They built like an entire sept or something for that for that scene. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Um, but the Barrack, Thoros, and Hound scene. They're on the right track with the with the character dynamic. But the, what about? Did you enjoy the scenes overall? It it was it was a really well put together scene. Um, I think it. Un- my criticism of it is that it's treading old ground. Like, like we've seen the Hound guilty over shit before. You know, he was guilty over Micah. He was, you know, he was guilty over not protecting Sansa. Right. Like, like the whole, the whole, um, and actually what's, what's horrible is in the, in the, uh, after the episode thing where they say, oh, well, this is, you know, the Hound is like, remembering these people and this is a, a new place for him because um he's not used to feeling guilty he's used to not caring about people and i'm like what what are they talking about like he's that's all he's been doing for like four seasons is feeling guilty about stuff he did in seasons one and two um so what you're so saying I, is the showrunners have no memory they do, yeah it's just groundhog's day with them yeah, I just felt the scene uh, dragged out too long. Better things to do. I, mm. I don't want to see him bury his past again, or, or like you said, feel remorse for shit he did in seasons one and two. Yeah. I also thought about this. Ah, uh, so, ah, uh, fuck. So, so I made in in, in my review. I, I I pointed out that. So you can't shovel frozen snow. I mean, you can't shovel. You can't shovel. You can't shovel frozen dirt. Frozen dirt is not. You can't shovel that. Um, you're, you're so nitpicky. I, I think you're thinking too much into it. No, but, but but go ahead. Here's the thing. And then some people are like, oh well. Some people said back to me, okay, yes, we all recognize that you can't shovel frozen dirt, frozen a frozen earth, but. It was still an awesome scene for him to be like burying stuff and having like and having Thoros like help him. Like that was a really cool looking scene. And it was a cool looking scene. But I but I have this reply. Wouldn't it be even cooler if he goes out there to try to bury the bodies and then he can't freaking like dig into the ground and he just breaks down? And, like, it represents the fact that he can't bury his past. Like, thematically, he can't bury his past just like he can't bury these bodies. Like, that would have been much more powerful than him actually burying the bodies. Why aren't you the writer? Like, what the fuck are you doing over there in Europe? Why aren't you writing for this fucking show? That, to be, that's actually fucking fantastic. I did not to, think to be, to be fair, To be fair, that's actually the beginning of a George R. R. Martin story called Bitter Oh, Blooms, fuck you. Get out of here. Where, you know, it begins, it, the opening of the story is her trying to bury, bury, bury her adopted father, but the, but the ground is frozen, so she can't bury him. And it's, of course, it's like, it literally, it's like, you, she can't bury the patriarchy. Like this is the whole fucking like point of the story. But like, mm-hmm. you know, that's the. Uh, but that would be it. like him breaking down. Like I can't fucking even dig this stupid earth, and he just chucks chucks everything on the ground and starts weeping. And then like Thoros is there standing watching him weep as he can't like bury these bodies. Like that would have been a, that would have been a cooler scene. I agree with you, but there's just something so funny to me about the. F- about, <laughs> about the fact that he's just trying to dig and he just can't dig. 
<laughs> right, that would also be funny. Like at first, it's like ridiculous because he's like dink dink, ah! he like breaks the <laughs> shovel on the ground and just starts kicking stuff, and then, and then he just breaks down and falls to his knees. Like so much better scene. But speaking of uh, scenes that could have been better, let's get to Sam. Oh yeah. What the fuck? You you've been waiting for a Sam scene for quite some time. Season six didn't have that many of them. Uh, finally, we're in season seven, and we got a Sam scene the first episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's in Hogwarts. Um, he's in Hogwarts. He's in shitwarts. What the fuck, man? Um. Yeah, I mean, I I was looking forward to seeing their interpretation of the Citadel because actually, mm-hmm. the scene they leave us with last season makes it seem like the citadel is this magical place full of wonder full of wonder yes um and then they try to take that away from us immediately by saying oh like um it's it's filled with boring repetitive work um which i don't know it seems like the perfect place for sam filled with books um filled with knowledge people like sam and so it was just it was just odd to have like a scene showing his soul getting crushed there. I will say I'm kind of glad that he did meet that uh that who who did he say it was the Archmaster? Oh, you're right. Uh, I, Marwin? Was that Marwin? I think it was officially Marwin, but he did of course didn't act like Marwin. That's why I'm like is that was that Marwin cuz you you described Marwin as a soccer hooligan. Um Yeah. Yeah, he's a soccer I'm, hooligan, thinks outside the box. I mean, this this guy was slightly outside the box in that he believed Sam. Yeah, I like that. But he didn't believe Sam enough to do anything. <laughs> well, well, I understand. I, I understand where he's coming from. You know, the wall has stood for for you know since Robert's Rebellion, since uh, uh, the Targaryens coming over. The it was wall a great speech. It, it was, was a great. It was it was a great speech. I I, I think the writing for that little speech uh, was 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 pretty was pretty good um one thing one thing we just glossed over because sam actually opens the book and we see you know the arrowheads and the mountain <laughs> one thing we glossed over with in, in uh, the uh section with the hound we were just talking about is um when the hound is looking in the visions uh in the fire with the visions yeah um he mentions an arrowhead arrowhead shaped yeah. mountain so what do you make of that because to me that could mean three things it could mean either he's talking about his brother, whose helmet is now kind of arrowhead shaped. It means he could be talking about the lands of uh, uh, Always Winter, where the White Walkers take Craster's baby and turn them into, you know, because you know the because the next line in that is the dead marching by, mm-hmm. or it could mean the uh, Arrowhead Mountain on Dragonstone, the mountain with the all the uh, the uh, obsidian. Right. I mean, I get that. Like, okay. Arrowheads are made out of out of dragon glass. We have a, a mountain of dragon glass on Dragonstone, and then he's tra- he's talking about a mountain that looks like an arrowhead. Um, yeah, that all makes sense. Um, I think they're talking about a literal mountain. I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think like I I just don't even think the showrunners are thinking about that. I think they're like, oh, it's just there's a big mountain that looks like an arrowhead there. <laughs> And he's so you, pass so you by. think they're talking about the uh, mountain on Dragonstone? I mean, you're... 
because he is talking about the wall meeting the sea. Like I would love to like think of why it would be Dragonstone that he's seeing in the uh, in the in the flames, but he says the wall's meeting the sea, the wall, and there's a and the the dead are marching past a mountain that looks like an arrowhead. Um, so I mean. I mean, maybe they're thinking, okay, Dragonglass doesn't work on the whites. Dragonglass works on the others. And so people are going to be shooting their Dragonglass at the whites, and it's going to be a disaster. But, you, you, so know who, um, you know who would be perfect for that, for that task? Huh. Angai. It's true. He's, he's like the best who, archer in the fucking show. Who we haven't seen since season three, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to good old Dan guy? Damn that, it! The, the the one thing the White Walkers could have been destroyed from from the start, Angai. But of course they had to remove Angai because he's just too fucking good. He's just too good. He can take out the Knights King easily, but he's just too good. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, this this is a, this is a really big tangent. But um, when I was uh, when I was younger, they they used to have this Dungeons and Dragons magazine called Dragon. And they would have articles about uh, the game, and of course, Dungeons and Dragons was actually a very flawed game uh, when you when you started looking at the rules. And so, one article I remember that they pointed out was that a twenty fifth level magic user could be killed by a kobold with a kobold is a is a really weak dog man in Dungeons and Dragons that's known for being just really weak. Mm-hmm. But a, a, a kobold with a longbow should be able to defeat a 25th level magic user because um, the range of a longbow is greater than the range of almost all of his spells. <laughs> so, so, uh, so it just made me think of that. Like, okay, like Angai with a bow and some dragon glass, like essentially can solve all the problems of the whole plot. Pretty yeah. much, but they had to remove him because you know, of course, I would, I would, if if the Knights King does end up resurrecting the Ice Dragon, which is what everybody's thinking, and he'll yeah. have a, a Ice Dragon mount. I'm thinking it'll be kind of like what they could probably do. I hope they don't do this because it's already been done, obviously. But the third Hobbit movie, where the where the I forgot his name, but the the guy takes the uh, the arrows and he puts it on the the huge thing and he shoots oh, it right. at Smog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They pro- please don't do that, but it's a possibility. That's probably why they remove Angai. They shouldn't, because he really made the Brotherhood. Like I, I like it when these certain factions and groups have like that one or two extra guy that has personality. Right. But, I mean, it, it, doesn't it have to like head to that point? Um, I mean, it's, it's not going to go for the missing scale, but we kind of know that like dragons can get killed by shooting them through the eye. And so... I mean, if if Viserion or Rhaegal, Rhaegal are gonna die, um, get shot through the eye, then you know, well, then again, I'm trying to think what would kill what would kill a white dragon, like if dragons are fire resistant, and whites are killed by fire, what's gonna kill a white dragon? A large, a large uh, obsidian spear. Right, but obsidian doesn't kill a white. Obsidian oh, only kills a white wreck. So maybe... A large obsidian spear on fire. Take that. 
I mean, maybe what they can do is they can tell everybody we need to melt down your Valyrian steel swords into a Valyrian steel spear that they're going to shoot out. Um, just like the spear in, in the, 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 the Hobbit. What they should be fucking doing is trying to find everybody on the continent that has Valyrian steel weapons. Yes, yes. Um, it annoys me that in the show there's only like four or five people with Valyrian steel weapons, but in the books, even though they're still rare, in both hundreds, in both yeah. adaptations, huh? Yeah, a couple hundred, I think. Yeah, uh, exactly. Is a couple hundred, yeah. While yeah, D and D said in the, after the episode that there was maybe a dozen in Westeros, mm. which is why, which is I guess why Littlefinger's dagger is in that book because it's a lot rarer. I, I, I hate that, like, Euron doesn't at least have, like, something Valyrian steel. Like, well, we always see daggers and swords. I would like to see, like, an axe, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so, but let's get back to Sam. Sam, okay. Sam's scenes, they kind of did drag, thinking back on it now. They weren't that bad. Could have been worse. He should be really. Gilly... He should be really happy down there. I mean, he was right? cleaning up shit at the wall, right? I mean, he was, he was bathing Maester Aemon, and... and... <laughs> I mean that that's his job, right? He's cleaning up after Maester Aemon, he's bathing mm-hmm. the old man. Um so at the wall, he's freezing his ass off, cleaning up shit. Um made and and made feel like he, I mean everybody's making him feel like less of a man every day. At the Citadel, he's around people that are like-minded. He's getting sex. <laughs> he's getting sex. Um nobody else is getting sex. He's he's sneaking out of the Citadel and 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 <laughs> having his gilly time plus it's got better weather he should be he should be so happy down there so what you're saying is he should be fucking grateful he's not shoveling shit in the cold snow and instead in the warmer climate yeah that's right yeah <laughs> i'm just saying if you i mean say you made let's say you made you know double vows um to not have sex and you get to have sex and you look like sam <laughs> um, and you're getting to have sex and you're getting to have sex with Gilly who mm-hmm. is pretty damn hot like you know it's a good life it's a good life for him but did you like the Sam scenes I I mean I liked the one where he where he was talking to the Archmaester Archmaester Marwin yeah um, best, that best scene there I think the montage I wish the montage had had class time like, right what, like and homework and like whatever the else they're doing at the Citadel um, you know, I wish he had class. I wish he had interesting classmates. I would. I wanted to know about, you know, who who are the other people that are ma- that are acolytes. Uh, I know that they didn't want to introduce new characters and all this, but because of seven episodes, <clears throat> right? But come on, you know that'd be really interesting to find out. You know, we we get we get to see these Lannister guards. Like, you know? Yeah, I mean, that does kind of destroy my argument there. But at the same time, though, you're exactly right. If we had ten episodes this season, we probably could have gotten some interesting classmates. Maybe even a nod to Sorella Sand. Right, yeah. Maybe even a nod to the Glass Candles. You know, and instead we kind of have, I mean, I, I, I the speech, Maester Marwin's speech was great. But it's 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 a lot better to show and not tell. Like mm-hmm. it was exposition. So when they start talking about the principles of of the Citadel, you could have showed the principles principles of the Citadel through like these other characters, 
you know how exactly they've mm-hmm. come from they've come from all over the realm and they're all sort of different and they're all there to learn and do research and be academics um you know and, and uh, i mean sorry to bring up the books but but it's like i feel like because george r martin is such a bookworm that the citadel is his sort of like you know is this imaginary place that he would love you know, a place filled with learning, um, you know, where, where you're not supposed to be nationalistic, that you're just supposed to advance science. Um, I mean, it just seems so him. Right. You know? But Speaking of advancing science, Jorah's in there. So I didn't know the Citadel was also like a hospital slash psych ward where they keep uh, diseased people. Right. I mean, that's the thing is we saw a lot more than that than anything with, to do with classes or learning. Um, I mean, he was sitting there getting bedpans for, like, bedridden people. So it did seem like more of a hospital than than an actual uh, place of learning. I mean, yeah, he's in the library, and yeah, he had to weigh some, some guts. I, there's really not much to say about the Sam scenes other than they could have been done slightly better. I get why they're important, but I agree with you. I, I would have liked to see some classes and maybe some kooky classmates who have their own personality and also encompass some principles of the Citadel. But the whole Jorah thing, a lot of people were like, whoa, Jorah was great that episode. I probably was the only person who didn't want to see him there. I would rather see him in a shy, uh, even though we're done with Essos, unfortunately. I, I still mm-hmm. want to see a shy. That's where most of the Lord of Light followers come from. Melisandre's from there. Uh, Thoros of Mir is from there. I was trying to think, I was trying to like piece together how he would have uh, even got to the Citadel and ha- and had them accept him. I mean, I suppose he still has his pardon from Robert. So he would right. like, get on a ship and be like, well, let's get to Old Town. Okay, so he gets to Old Town, which, you know, by the way, Old Town had a huge uh, grayscale outbreak. They probably don't like Old Scale coming into their, I mean, a grayscale coming into their sta- mm-hmm. uh, city. But nonetheless, he shows up to the Citadel and he's like, I've got grayscale. And by the way, in the book, <clears throat> a third of the Citadel once got wiped out from grayscale. So they shouldn't like it either. But this isn't the book. So he shows up and he's like, OK, I've got grayscale. What can you do for me? Oh, well, we have to we, you know, we happen to be a hospital slash research facility. Would you like to be in a cell and sit in the quarantine? Yeah, they quarantined him. Okay. It didn't it doesn't seem very hopeful that anyone's going to help him. Right. Like he's not going to find a cure. Like why would you I mean And then once he arrives, he just keeps asking about the Dragon Queen, like which is also pretty rebellious. But uh <laughs> Like hi I, everyone, I'm a traitor. Like, exactly. I just think they should have just sent him to a shy. Maybe a shy also had because we because we do know that the, someone from the Citadel did cure Grayscale before Shireen, or at least stop it. Yeah. So I really I would have liked him to go, have gone to a shy. Maybe we could have seen the shy. Some of the priestess of the Lord of Light try. Maybe the Pope of the Lord of Light do something to him, and uh, at least stall it, or maybe you know, trade his disease for something yeah. else. Who knows. But it just seems like everybody's just fucking converging, and I don't know. I, I don't like that. I, yeah, I, don't, I, mean, like, I don't want everybody is, to converge. 
now now that I now that we like examine it, it does seem a little ham fisted that Jorah is at the Citadel. Um, because because no one's actually helping him. At first you say, okay, well, Maesters heal people, so they should be like working on him every day. But they're not. They've just locked him up. Exactly. Um and it, and it it seems like Sam is gonna be the one that cures him. Oh god. By by chance because he was the dude that brings him meals. And I don't know, did you read did you hear that like if you read some of the text in his book on Dragonglass, like one of the books says like you know, consuming dragon glass is not fatal. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Don't. yeah. So some people are theorizing <laughs> that that eating dragon glass will cure grayscale. That's so fucking I know. I know. It's really <laughs> Let, let, be... let's, let's move on before I get an aneurysm. Um, <laughs> so, so Cersei and Jamie are also very interesting this 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 time around. They uh, we see Cersei on the map. Yes. I like how you complained. <laughs> was it you that complained about like how it was like kind of like not not a good idea to like you know draw a map like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some people came back to me and was like, "No, I totally draw that way," and I'm like, "It's different when you have like." colored pencils or something like that or like like if you have to remix your paint and refining the same shade is just it's just a pain maybe like you he's, can, maybe that guy's the medieval version of uh, Bob Ross <laughs> I guess it's just at least do the whole ocean first uh, that's the way I say it it's just I mean it's just a lot of extra work not that it's impossible to refine your shade but it's mm-hmm. really tough have you ever painted a house or painted a wall I have not so one of the big rules is when you buy paint from the store is you, you mix all of your paint first because even factory-produced paint, the shade will be off slightly. And mm-hmm. so when you paint it out, people will go, oh, that looks different. You know, like, oh, that shade is slightly off. Preston, you're, the... ridiculous. You're, you're ridiculous. You're ridiculous. You're ridiculous on, on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> but Cersei and Jamie, so... Cersei and Jamie. I feel like Cersei has no redeeming qualities left. She did before. She uh, the only redeeming qualities I guess she could have is uh, her cheekbones. High, high cheekbones, yeah. Yeah. Huh? But uh, a lot of people were, were uh, clamoring on about you know her standing at the neck and Jamie at the fingers. Okay. She's not at the she's not at the neck. So aligning. She's south of the twins. Whatever. So <laughs> so her. I'm, so si- her, I'm sick of people being like, oh, the symbolism. If it's 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 a coincidence. There's no symbolism. I know, I know. Everybody, everybody goes to this one other video and they'll say, "Oh, it's symbolism," and they'll come to our channels and they'll comment, "It's symbolism." I know. Um, but uh, her aligning with the Greyjoys, yeah, bad idea, good idea. Could Euron be the Valonqar? Even though the Valonqar prophecy is not in the show, we could still have a little brother in Euron killing Cersei. I mean, Euron clearly wants to marry Cersei and then kill her. And be king. I mean, that's just wait. He wants to marry. I got the. I got. I got the whole. He wants to marry Danny. Oh, that he was. Uh, that he was being clever by saying, "I always wanted to marry the most beautiful woman in the world." Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. That's clever. Um. Yeah. I don't oh. know how he's going to. Uh, if if because uh, we've seen leaked pictures about you know what happens. I don't know how he's gonna be able to marry Danny if you know he he's you know taking out her allies, but 
I mean, hopefully they have a clever plan for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if his plan is to marry Cersei, um, he's he's marrying the uh, the most beautiful, you know, the supposed most beautiful woman in the world, um, and then he would kill her, and then he'd be king. Um, other than that, I can't see how he would convince Danny to marry him. They're just he. Uh, he doesn't have There much is one life. way. Oh. If he manages to kill her dragons. Danny is only badass uh. and takes no no negotiations because of her dragons. I don't need to fucking negotiate with you. I have nuclear weapons here. I can use them on you and you'll be fucked. There doesn't need to be any negotiations. Do what I say. I'm very reasonable. Fuck you. If he somehow finds a way to get rid of her dragons, a la the fucking dragon horn Or steal um, steal a dragon, yeah. So I mean, there's three. So there's so there's three dragons. So one dragon. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where does the third one go? Wait a minute. Okay. So do me do me a favor. Do, <laughs> when you're editing this, remove that part so you don't oh, spoil it for it's people. Oh, spoiler. Okay. All right. So let, restart that. <laughs> all right. All right. So, <laughs> I mean, we already mentioned earlier that the 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 big. The big rumor. No, I said, I said the the, the ice dragon doesn't necessarily mean have to mean because there because there's a theory out there that there's an ice dragon inside the wall. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about the. No, there's no, no. I'm talking about the, an ice dragon. The theory is that there's an ice dragon inside the wall. No, that's that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally gonna be a dragon. Okay. Well, well. All right. So. Unless Euron finds a way to destroy her dragons or defeat them, uh, Danny Danny has all the chips. If she if all her dragons are gone, she has no choice but to either sue for peace or if this is what I would do if I was Euron. Get Cersei's trust by taking one of Danny's allies, preferably one of the Sand Snakes, because Cersei hates them more. Who does Cersei hate more? Give give that person to Cersei. Get her trust. Be allies. Whittle Danny's forces down, try to take out some of the dragons, betray Cersei, become king, offer Danny, be my queen, we can rule together. Boom, 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 done. That should be his plan. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, clear, yeah. I mean, so he, he's got to get his gift for Cersei, mm-hmm. which is, you know, probably Alaria or the Sand Snakes or both. Um,. And then he agrees to a marriage. Then he kills Cersei, becomes king. He's 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 got to he's got to steal one of her dragons. That's got to be a thing. Stealing a dragon. It's, it's, how, how are you gonna do that? He doesn't have the dragon horn. He's got to He can either have it. He either has this dragon horn that he's gonna pop out no. out of nowhere, Mm-mm. or he's going to nettle a dragon. Like he's it's gonna be eating, and then he's gonna jump on it because he's crazy, and he's gonna be able to mm. it. Someone said, um, speaking of horns, someone, someone asked me in the Q&A, my Q&A, uh, do I think the Night's King has the horn? Game of Thrones is all about foreshadowing. If, if the Night's King had a horn or if Euron had a horn, anything like that, someone would reference it earlier on. Or maybe Sam would talk about it because he saw it in a book or some shit. Right. I, I mean, I don't think, I don't think there's a, uh, a horn. I don't, you know, unless a horn is suddenly going to pop up to allow Euron to steal a dragon. But, I, yeah, I just don't think there's going to be a horn, period. 
I don't, so, yeah. Jam- the best part about the, the whole Jamie Cersei Euron thing was Euron, uh, Euron at the throne room making fun of Jamie. Roasting Jamie, that was great. That was that was funny. That was funny. The two hands. He he really he really dug into him and, and Jamie looked like a looked like a chump. That was I mean, like I say, like Euron was a thoroughly entertaining scene. I, I he was very likable. It, mm-hmm. it was it was it was a good scene. So w- would you say that what was your favorite scene for episode one, the premiere? Jamie Cersei, Euron meeting, Sansa John dynamic. I mean, my favorite scene, my favorite scene was probably the Euron scene, um, mm-hmm. and it would be followed by the mountain hanging out with the Brotherhood. Um, the mountain? You mean the Hound? I mean the Hound hanging mm-hmm. out with the Brotherhood, um, and then after that, maybe Sam with Maester Marwyn. No, John uh, and Sansa in the top three. They didn't do anything. <laughs> I mean. Fucking gave some stuff to. Or he didn't give. I mean, he didn't take away stuff from stupid Ned Umber and his freaking doe eyes, and uh, and then nothing else happened. You hate you you hate this kid for no reason. He's no, he's fine. It's just so he's just it's just like it's just that when you're talking about the North and you're like this this rough tough, they found honestly like the most beautiful doe-eyed child like possible to be ned umber like really he's an umber like that that little pretty boy like what really annoyed me was that like they mentioned how uh the umber the previous small john umber died on the field of battle we saw that the car start guy i didn't see him die in the field of battle no you're yeah i guess that you know off screen (laughs) but uh that kid looked like a lannister he did not look like an umber (laughs) Okay. <laughs> I would have to say my favorite would have to be probably be Euron John uh Euron, Euron John. Euron uh Euron Cersei and uh, uh Jamie followed by uh Sansa and John. I really did enjoy the whole northern politics, but that's that's one thing we don't see is northern politics. I just third, you know third favorite I just wish would have they were to be, going somewhere, you know. Yeah, I they will though. I I, I, w- I don't want John to leave in, in the second episode, but you know I want more drama between him and Sansa. But whatever, John Sansa second favorite. Third would probably be the Hound. Yeah, I just I just feel like it dragged on way too long, and the Hound carried most of those scenes. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good though. Yeah, it was long. It was a long scene. All right, Preston, let's, let's let's wrap, wrap up, it up here. Yeah, uh, guys, thank you so much for watching. Leave your thought. Oh fuck, I wanted to. God damn it, I wanted to talk about how uh, people are assholes to you outside of YouTube. We'll, we'll say that... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like how I ended it like that last time? Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that some other time. God damn it. Um, so, fucking... Season 7 should have premiered we, we got, We got... We got... We, we were really... We got really into the show. We got... We, we talked a bit, so... I think people... Alright, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, once again... Follow Preston on Facebook and Twitter. Please just do this because he need he doesn't promote his stuff. Let me do it for him. Sweet Robin <laughs> nine thousand on Twitter. And what's your Facebook handle? Uh, Preston Jacobs the Sweet Robin. There it is. Uh, guys, leave your thoughts below in the comment section, or if you would like us to you know talk about a certain topic, please message me on uh, Facebook.com/slash Red Team Review. Uh, Preston, anything else you want to say before we get off? That's all. So wait, wait. So one, before we leave, 
Your, your thoughts on the ice dragon being inside the wall? <laughs> there's, no, there's no fucking ice dragon on the wall. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Have a good Later. one. The fucking ice dragon on the wall. It's fucking stupid. <laughs>